Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners, and all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. excited to share today's episode with you. I had the opportunity to interview my good friend Joni. Joni is a 29-year-old who lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. She just finished a UXUI design program and she is currently looking for a job. She would be a great person to, to hire. She loves reading and hiking and solo dance parties and I would also add dancing with friends because we've had lots of great times dancing together. We talked a little bit about practical tips. She um, shared about how it's okay to still be figuring it out. And I am all on board with that. I think, you know, eating is all about figuring it out and figuring it over and over and over again. She shared her tip to buy prepared and pre-chopped ingredients to make things easier and to leave space for more creativity. And then she just said... To be around Rebecca, she's such a great example, and um, you'll hear her, you'll hear that come out of her mouth, and I, because I did not make that up. Joni's favorite recipe resources are Pinterest and All Recipes, and then she has a couple take-home points that I feel like are super helpful. She talked about, well, I mean, we talked a little bit more less succinctly than this about it, but we talked about critically assessing nutrition information and tips that you see in multiple areas of life, whether it's on the internet, social media, from people in your life, and even from teachers or people in authority positions, and how you know they really could be promoting disordered eating patterns that aren't helpful for you, and that's why the you know it's important for you to assess those critically. She also talked about taking in the habits and approaches to cooking um, that the people around you have. And we talked a little bit about living in a house of five women who all really like to cook and kind of the experiences that we each learned from, from each other. So that is it as far as this intro goes and enjoy this episode. Hey, Joni, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. And Joni, you're one of my good friends, so it's fun to catch up and also to be able to talk about food because we've had lots of we've had lots of fun food memories together. We have, and lots of fun food conversations too. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So let's just get right into this. Tell me a little bit about eating and food in your house growing up. Yeah. Um, so I am the youngest of five kids. Um, we have like, we had the traditional, um, dad works, mom stays home with the kids, um, type of lifestyle. My mom did most of the cooking. Um, my dad knew how to make biscuits, which were delicious, which we had on Sundays. Um, but other than that, <laughs> my mom did most of the cooking. Um, she definitely was pretty good about, um, I don't know, having, having veggies present at every meal. And she, she, we hardly ever ate out. Um, we mostly had home cooking. I feel very blessed that way. Um, cause yeah, not everyone gets that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd say she probably had like a rotation of meals that she'd go through. 
um, as a busy mom, right, um, we'd probably do like, she'd probably go through like eight meals, you know, um, and then repeat. Um, but yeah, so yeah, um, she, we didn't really have soda in the house ever growing up. I actually wasn't allowed to drink caffeine, um, which I don't know if you knew that, but I was allowed to drink caffeine growing up. I um, didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Which I actually appreciate because I know a lot of people who are addicted to caffeine and <laughs> I like drink it occasionally, but I like feel freedom from that. Um, sorry not to judge anyone, but, <laughs> um, and then we didn't really have any, um, we'd have chips occasionally and like candy occasionally, but it was always controlled. I feel like I always had to ask my mom if I wanted something to eat, um, but she'd usually say yes, you know, sometimes um, she, if she didn't want me to spoil my dinner, then she'd say no, but I never felt really constricted about food. Um, I also was very lucky. We had a huge garden in my backyard. Um, it's one of my favorite things about my house still. Um, my parents' house still is their huge garden. Um, there's also like two kinds of apple trees, apricot, peaches, pears, blackberries and raspberries so in the summertime we mostly just ate from the garden and then you know we'd buy um meat and my mom she made bread uh fairly often she makes it more often now but she would make bread fairly often as well so I feel like I had a pretty sweet life growing up um as a child with food um now that I'm adult I do realize some things that you know, you, you see things with your parents that you want to emulate and some things you want to change. Um, one thing I definitely want to emulate, ideally, if I were to have kids or whatever, is my mom is really good about making breakfast every day. So she, we'd have waffles and pancakes and eggs or oatmeal. Um, and then weekends were cold cereal days. And I, I know some people were opposite, but I, I appreciated that meal. Um, something that I would love to change um you know, if that happens, um, is, or even just not even just in the cook now in, in the kitchen now as a cook, mm -hmm. um, that creativity in the kitchen, I feel like she didn't really explore, um, which I've seen with you a lot as we're roommates. Um, I feel like you're really good at being creative in the kitchen and trying new things. Um, my parents were definitely, because we didn't eat out much, you know, I feel like we mostly had like spaghetti, like Tex-Mex, roast beef, you know, omelet, German pancakes, that type of thing. We didn't have a lot of ethnic food growing up. Did, I actually, this isn't even ethnic food, but I didn't even have an avocado until I was in college. I don't know so. if I knew that. And you like them <laughs> a lot now, don't you? I love avocado. <laughs> yeah. I never had a mango until college either. So... Just like funny things like that or like now, even now these days when I go out to eat, um, I feel like I have to like, my parents are very, you know, I, I feel like maybe it's a generational thing, but my parents, I feel like are kind of set in their ways and they're comfortable where they are. And that goes with eating too. Like they have that one restaurant they really like. I had to like convince my parents to try Panda Express because it was like a stretch for them. <laughs> and I know. So, and that's like a chain restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. So things like that, which I definitely feel like I'm very eating. I'm very different 
um, with eating than they are um, and how I was raised growing up. But yeah, yeah. thanks so much for, oh, was there anything else you wanted to say? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. It's interesting to hear people's experiences growing up because I, like, as you were talking, I know, like, there were a lot of commonalities between my growing up and yours, you know, I mean, my, we didn't have soda in the house, but my parents have always been Diet Coke drinkers. Um, you know, they had like, whenever they come into town, which they're coming today, our first stop is going to be Costco to get Diet Coke. For them. So <laughs> and then for you know me, what, uh-huh. oh, sorry no, about yeah. the like soda thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom like never drinks soda ever. My dad was secretly addicted to Diet Coke, no, to Mountain Dew my whole life, but okay. I didn't know that until again I was like in college and then I was like what my dad like drinks a lot of Mountain Dew but (laughs) you like had to hit it hide it because my mom was like I don't want it in the house like like it's like alcohol and we're Mormon or something like that (laughs) but no it was like Mountain Dew so there that was interesting finding that out growing up (laughs) that's so funny yeah well and I think too I mean I I know families that have things like that to, you know, whether maybe one parent is vegetarian or, um, you know, just like have a little bit more strict eating, mm-hmm. I guess, policies at home. And then it kind of leads other family members to sneak food and which isn't necessarily a good thing. And it's, it's kind no. of hard to find that <laughs> balance, but, um, but yeah, it's interesting. Cause I think my growing up was similar to years in that, you know, like my dad worked, my mom cooked a lot. She really enjoyed cooking and, and she's a lot more adventurous in terms of like different types of ethnic food than she was when we were growing up. But she's always been, um, pretty adventurous in the kitchen. And my family has traveled a lot. Um, you know, like we, I think my first trip out of the country, I was pretty young. And so that has played a a role in, you know, foods that my parents like. And my dad lived in Thailand. So when they moved to Spokane, which is where I grew up, we, my mom and my dad found uh, like a a little Asian um, market and the woman who ran it was Thai. And so she taught my mom how to cook some Thai dishes that my dad didn't know how to cook. And so... Yeah. It, and it, it's so, she's really, she t- cooks really good Thai food, but yeah, it's interesting how that, how, you know, that plays into how we cook. And I think too, I mean, we didn't have like many chips or we'd have tortilla chips. Um, cause I made nachos all the time yeah. as a kid, yeah, but totally. a lot of the snacky foods that are pretty typical for kids, like we never had. And mm-hmm. I don't know if your experience has been this, but mine has been interesting. I, and I'd say more over the past five years, like I've really made an effort to try those foods again. Cause they really, they, they had a bad connotation for me based off yeah. of how I grew up. And I didn't want that. Cause you know, you see them and it's like, Oh, it almost has some pull over you. And then you don't eat it because you know, that's like not what you normally eat or you feel like mm-hmm. it's bad or whatever. And then it got to the point where I'd have these moments where I was like, I just want to go to Target and buy all of those foods. <laughs> and then I would, and then realize that some of them were really good, but most of them didn't taste good to me. And so it's kind of a powerful thing to experience. And I don't know if you've had any experiences like that after having kind of strict um, food rules at home. Um, yeah, so I guess you could count 
my freshman year is that a little bit okay um happens to a lot of us but yeah you know I I got free rate I, I feel like I didn't do anything crazy um but I was really good friends with someone we were roommates and we we both went to BYU obviously since we were roommates mm-hmm. but um we went to BYU and we lived by the creamery in old heritage halls and so we'd go to the creamery and we'd get like these $1 pizzas and we made like and we'd get popcorn and we put like a whole stick of butter in it and salted a ton then we'd get pickles and then we'd get like imitation crab and make crab sandwiches and that's like what i lived on my freshman summer and legitimately i gained like 20 pounds so i had like the <laughs> freshman 20 um so i think that was a little bit of that just being like oh just eat crap whatever you know um, you, have, you can do whatever, like you all of a sudden have all this freedom and then yeah. trying to figure out that balance. That's so totally. interesting. Yeah. Was there any, sorry, was there anything else that you wanted to share um, about that? I don't think so necessarily. I don't feel like I really went out and went crazy. I feel like I was almost more to the other end where um, I was like more worried about like the health of certain foods. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I remember, like, restricting my food was in eighth grade, um, where I was, I, like, told, I remember telling my mom, so I was, like, at this rehearsal um, for some sort of play, and it was, like, eight o'clock at night, and she picked me up. She's, like, you hungry for dinner? And I was, like, oh, no, like, I don't eat after six o'clock. I find, like, that I'm not hungry. And I remember my mom kind of praising me for that. And so I feel like I almost went the other way. Like, I did that a little bit, like, Freshman year, I went a little crazy and ate a lot of weight, but I felt like a lot of it was just like, oh, I'm a freshman. This is my new life, and this is fun versus, like, experimenting. Mm -hmm. Um, But I felt like – so I studied exercise and wellness at BYU um, after doing a stint in, like, art. Um, And I felt like I more tended towards the other way my whole life where I was, like, watching what I ate and more doing the whole diet and this – food is bad. Um, a little, yeah. So I feel like I did more of that than ex- I like kept going, I guess, mm-hmm. versus experimenting, going crazy, crazy. Like freshman year was probably like, the craziest I went, but I don't know. That yeah. was more socially. Yeah. Like. Well, and I think too, I mean, you have a lot more freedom in eating and, and also you have more time to be with friends than at least than I did in, mm-hmm. in high school especially because I'd eat most meals with my family. But I think I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's a really important, I think you touched on a couple of things that are really important. Maybe, you know, maybe part of that was like you were restrictive more so than you might've thought that Mm -hmm. you were growing up. And then, you know, you, as like in intuitive eating, which is going from like external sources of, of, decision making, I guess, to more yeah. internal ones. And that's like grossly, um, what do you call it? Like oversimplifying intuitive eating, but we'll kind of just leave it at that. But the, it goes on a pendulum where you're pretty restrictive and oftentimes you swing to the complete other side of that spectrum. And that's part of the process and it's okay, but it can feel super overwhelming in the moment. And, and I think too, you know, both of us studied health related, um, uh, like we're in health related programs, me in a dietetics program, you in exercise and wellness. Mm -hmm. And that's the focus. And a lot of times disordered eating habits are promoted in those programs. (laughs) 
And yes. it's not intentional that way, but that's, you know, how that's how society is, unfortunately. Yeah, totally. And one thing that um, I realized, too, um, is that most of the professors in my program were male. I had one female in my program um, who is a professor, and she taught health. Really? Um, Yeah. Every other guy, every other professor was male. Actually, I just realized that now. But uh, I feel like a lot of the unhealthy eating habits were actually promoted by the men, which is very interesting. I took a, um, I just take an obesity class, and that one was really good. It just talked a lot about the stigmatization of people who are um, overweight and obese. That's mostly what that class was about. Mm -hmm. But I did have one professor I remember who, can't remember what class it was, but he was very restrictive in his diet and he was all about counting bites. That was like his thing for like maintaining weight. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, yeah, it was all just like you, like you said, very restrictive, very like weight focused and just like, a negative connotation. I had a cousin who was in the same program and um, she said in the program she toyed, she like toyed with an eating disorder. Like she was like right on the edge of it. Well, and if that's, I mean, these professors are in a position of authority on many levels Mm -hmm. and, and you are legitimately in a program to learn about health and how to take care of your body. And so if that's what you're seeing as being normalized, especially if it's by multiple professors, I totally understand how you could get to that point. Yeah. And that's really scary. I know, right? I feel like... (laughs) Let's call a spade a spade. That's horrifying. Yeah, it is horrifying, but it's so common, which is also horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think... Cause my, so my program was the opposite in terms of it was all women because they're dietitians who were the professors in my program. And I think I had like, you know, a chemistry teacher, you know, and that was kind of it as far as men go. But, um, it was, you know, very focused on foods, but not, I didn't feel like any, anybody promoted disordered eating habits. Um, I just remember, and again, coming from my background, like, our parents did a lot of, had a lot of formative years, I guess, in the nineties yeah. where fat was out. It was so bad. Oh, yeah. It was, it was thought to be that way. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, butter is nothing that we, you know, would use it in baking and that's kind of about it. Like never butter bread, never anything else and whatever. That's just how I grew up. And so I remember, uh, in my program, we, like part of the program was to go and um, work at a, a cafe. And mm-hmm. so the professors there, both dietitians, you know, they're telling, they're teaching us. So we would cook the food essentially and run this cafe. And so they'd teach us, you know, like, oh, so with our entree today co- comes these baked potatoes. And Crisco is really good on these baked potatoes. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> You're like, what are you saying? What? (laughs) This is a nutrition program. The heresy here. This is just so bad. But, you know, they knew that it made the potatoes better and they roasted really well. And for heaven's Mm. sakes, smearing some. And I think it was something, you know, it was like butter or Crisco or something on that. Like, okay, that's not going to kill you. It's not going to, you know. But at that moment, I was just... I, I didn't know what to think. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, this is so wrong. What is going on? So I feel I, like my 
family wasn't that restrictive. Uh-huh. Um, like you definitely, Mike, definitely my, my mom still now is like fat equals bad. Like you said, it was totally like a movement. It was marketing straight up marketing. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, and the research is, was, um, biased and wrong also. Yeah, so that's true. another problem, but yeah. So interesting. Cause now it's all high protein and it's not necessarily it's fat is bad. Like that's still in there a little bit, but now it's like, everything else is bad. Like, I feel like everything is bad. It just, I guess it just swings just like, you know, with eating, it can, it goes, you know, so far one direction to another. Um, but yeah. And I, I think cause those messages were never outright said in my house growing Mm -hmm. up, like never, Oh, don't put butter on that. But that's just, that was never modeled to me. And so you can't, again, like authority figures just by action, that's what they, you know, show what they value and, um, and whether it's wrong or right or anywhere in between, that's just kind of the worldview that you go through. So that's super totally. interesting. I, and I feel like mm-hmm. in my house, oh, sorry. No, no. But I, uh, I feel like in my house, like I had a good and a bad example because uh-huh. I feel like that's an interesting thing about, um, my house is I feel like my mom was very much more like healthy eating. Um, but she would still like make cookies and stuff. Um, but then my dad, he was more on the other end. Sorry. I hope he doesn't listen to this. I'm not trying to pick on him. Um, (laughs) it's just what you experience. That's all. Yeah, it's true. And I still see this now, like, um, essentially it's like, I was in this lecture once with this guy, um, Oh, what's his name? He was an Olympic bodylifter, and I went to a lecture at BYU. And one of the things that he said uh, really stuck with me, um, mm-hmm. where he said just like eat like an adult. And I, I actually really like that mentality, like eating like an adult, because to me that seems like just have balance in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see that with my dad that he kind of eats like a child still. Um, he so interesting. Like, yeah, it's really interesting. And like, once he said that, I like pinpointed that. I was like, oh my gosh, my dad still eats like a child. Like he's all about like the snacks or, oh, here's this treat. Or he'll get like five cookies, you know, and like dunk it in milk. And I feel like, I don't know, it's really interesting. So I had my dad on, I had my mom on one side who was more health conscious, but I felt like a lot of hers was more like, my mom was always really skinny growing up. Like, Genetically wise, her family is a lot, uh, is like pretty thin. I have a sister who is, um, like she works, at, she works at it and she works out, but she's a lot more naturally like a size two. Um, and i definitely am not. Um, so that I feel like a lot of my mom, so she's been working out her whole life. Um, but that was more based on like fear for health problems and then wanting to be skinny. Um, and then my dad was more like eating like a child. So I feel like my household was a little bit split that way. And the child, my mom more taught us children. I feel like to eat more like her, but my dad was still there kind of as that authority figure that was not necessarily health conscious. So I think my house is interesting because I feel like it was somewhat split growing up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I would say mine was a little bit that way as well. Not 
anything like overt, but yeah. Well, and, and you know, too, I mean, they're women and we're women and we're expected to have a certain body type. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's so much tied up with that, but it's just, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it totally is. Um, cool. Well, I think that was super interesting. One other thing that I wanted to talk about quickly, well, I guess two things. So, um, when we lived together, so we lived together for what, like a year, I want to say. And it was interesting because we each like mm-hmm. at that point, all of us cooked. Yeah. And it was cool because, you know, one of our roommates was from Denmark. And so she had a different mm-hmm. like way of eating because of where she grew up. And then, you know, the rest of us, we kind of had our own ways of eating. And you had always talked about how much you learned from that experience. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and living with people who cooked or, you know, who ate pretty differently than you did in some ways? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So it was like that creativity that I touched on earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. having like, um, yeah, just like enjoying cooking. Because I felt like my mom, I don't know, I I saw her a lot, like, just cooking to cook. I didn't necessarily see a lot of enjoyment. Mm. Um, and with these roommates, I, I did see a lot of that enjoyment. I saw, um, like, creativity in the kitchen, you know, type of thing. Like, you would, I feel like you'd experience, experiment a lot with um, different veggies that we had in our cute little garden. We had the best little garden. Um, <laughs> Or, oh, I love that garden. It was so good. I love that um, garden. Yeah, so seeing that creativity was a big deal. Just, like, experimenting with different spices and, um, yeah, just getting food and trying, like, different donuts, which was so fun. Um, one thing oh, I yeah. feel like I saw a lot in my family, I, I were wanting to make, like, this fancier treat. Um and so we were like, we found this fun recipe and we were like looking at it and there were like a few things we needed to buy. And like my sister and my mom like ended up like talking themselves out of it being like, oh, but it was like, then we'd have to do this and then we'd have to do this. And I was like getting really annoyed because I was like, the whole point of us doing this was we were doing something like out of the ordinary and we were like going to do this, fun, make this fun treat that we'd never had before and try this technique we never tried before and they just like talked themselves out of it to the point that we just like made cookies and they were like why are you so frustrated Joni I was like because like why are we like they just like talked themselves out of the creativity and like oh we had to go to the store buy a few things so it became like this big deal when I was like with with our house I feel like we totally would have gotten in the store and grabbed a few things and it was it was our house would have been more about the experience and like trying something new and having fun um, while I was, I was like a little frustrated that with them is more about the ease, the ease of it and not necessarily experimenting in the kitchen, you know? Oh, so that's so interesting. So that's, yeah. And I think that, that actually happened when I was roommates with you. And so I think that's why I was so frustrated about it happening oh. because I was like, guys, guys, this could be so fun. Like <laughs> we're like talking ourselves out of this fun experience. Oh, yeah, I could see that happening at my house too because it is it's kind of overwhelming and and yeah, I think well, I guess we're we're out of time, but I wanted to ask one last question because I think you're yeah. a good person to answer that. So, how 
have you found ways to find that balance of like the ease and making things simple and easy, but also being able to enjoy the creativity and be more, yeah, to have fun with it? Um, I feel like I'm in a little bit of a weird place. Um, so I am living back home with my parents right now, which I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I pretty much did a big career swap. So I feel like the last, so I was living with my parents and then I moved to Chicago for a few months and I was living in the basement of my cousin's house. And then now I'm back with my parents. So I look for a job. Hire me. Just kidding. <laughs> um, Somebody hire Joni. She's great and creative. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like I don't know if I've necessarily found that balance. Oh, yeah, no, that's totally but fine. I feel like I'm more on a journey to find that balance, and I'm, I feel like I'm learning a lot from you. So hang out with Becca, guys, if you get the chance, because I feel <laughs> like she's a really good example of that. Oh, with creativity, is don't be afraid to buy pre-prepared things Mm -hmm. in the sense of don't spend your whole life chopping to make a dish because that gets really exhausting. So if you find this fun dish that you want to make, you know, buy carrots that are already chopped or buy onions that are already chopped or something like that. Cause I feel like that would, was a big barrier to me just as like when I was in college and post-college is I was just like, I'm terrible at chopping. I have Um, A boy I used to date who will verify that. He teased me hardcore because of my lack of chopping skills. So I'm really (laughs) bad at chopping. It takes me forever. Um, So I think just like things like that, like don't be afraid to take shortcuts. Um, Like buy a few things pre-prepared or pre-chopped or just like ready to cook. And I feel like that can break down one of the barriers that can prevent you from being creative in the kitchen. I like that. So make things easy when it doesn't require creativity because, you know, there's a couple of way to chop vegetables and that's really it. Yeah. Right. Awesome. So I'm like, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks for sharing that. So we're going to cut this off. So Joni, we're going to continue our conversation and it'll be released next week, but this is it on terms of food. And then we're going to talk because as you said, you're looking for a job and my work has kind of hit a lull as well. And I think, I think, you know, I wanted to share this conversation about navigating and like figuring out, you know, what to do when plans don't go according to plan. So we Mm -hmm. will continue that next week. Thanks for Uh jumping on Joni. Yep. No problem. Thanks Becca for having me. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Table for One podcast with Rebecca. If you're cooking for one or know somebody who is, make sure to subscribe to the Table for One podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you can stay up to date on new episodes that will help you make cooking for one easier and more enjoyable. Feel free to continue the conversation over at in the Table for One Facebook group. You can also find recipes or work with Rebecca over at nourishnutritionblog.com. Or honestly, the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. My handle is Nourish Nutrico, and you can click on the link of my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week.